0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Studio Canberra podcast, an Australian grape and wine podcast. Uh, My name is Lee McLean. I'm the General Manager for Government Relations and External Affairs here at Australian Grape and Wine. And with me as always is Tony Baddell, our Chief Executive. How are you, Tony? Yeah, good. Thanks, Lee. And it's a pleasure to be on a podcast. It is. And it's been a while, hasn't it? So today we're going to talk about a couple of things. Um, Firstly, we're going to have a, a bit of a chat about container deposit schemes and what that might mean for the wine industry. And secondly, we're gonna have a quick discussion about the ACCC and some of the issues around competition uh, ahead of the next vintage. So we'll start off with with container deposit schemes or CDS as we often refer to them. This is something we've been doing a lot of work on over the last few weeks, uh, particularly in consultation with our our colleagues at the South Australian Wine Industry Association. Yep. many of our listeners out there they'll know what we're talking about but essentially for those who don't a container deposit scheme is something where um, a, a consumer can return their empty uh, coke bottle or, or beer bottle or whatever it might be or can uh, and they get a they get a bit of money back for it and it's essentially a litter reduction um, uh, mechanism uh, and it's it's uh, meant to be something that, that can help uh help drive better recycling outcomes as well along the way Um Importantly, wine bottles are not something that's included in container deposit schemes across Australia, and there's good reasons for that. Um, But one of the things that I talk when I talk to my friends about these things, um, they often say, you know, well, we've got a system that gives us 10 cents for our empty bottles, and that sounds like a pretty good thing, so why wouldn't we be supporting including wine bottles in a CDS? So, Tony, why why are we not so keen on that? Yeah,
1: well, thanks, Lee. I mean, the first thing I would like to say is that as an industry, we do support recycling. We are really understand the importance of sustainability and our sustainability credentials. We got a lot of passionate, committed people out there. So we do want to see a continued increase in the level of recycling of wine bottles and, indeed, of all waste in Australia. Um, you would have noticed the Prime Minister came out um, today and he talked about the need to improve recycling. Well, we're behind that. What we do not like is the, the problems that happen with including wine bottles in a CDS scheme. So um, we made a, a submission in the South Australian Environmental Protection Agency uh, consultation paper on this. And our problem is not with recycling. It's not with container deposit schemes. It's we fact that we do not believe that to include wine bottles in those schemes will either increase recycling or increase the litter problem. So a couple of the big issues. Firstly, there's the issue of cost. The costs associated with the CDS scheme sit entirely with the winemaker. Even though the most of the benefits, they'll flow onto the bottle manufacturers if wine bottles are in the scheme. So we would really like to see any scheme with recycling to look at how we can share the cost right across the supply chain. And that's something we'd really like to explore. According to the South Australian Wine Industry Association, they've done a lot of work on this to independently verify the costings associated with the South Australian proposal. Um, And they believe that most winemakers would be paying around 40 cents a bottle. So not only just the 10 cent deposit, but between 10 deposit, registering labels, redesigning labels, and complying with the red tape that would accompany such a scheme, it adds up to 40 cents. But that's a lot of money for a bottle of wine. And despite the fact, and despite the fact that the APA has put forward in its paper this is a fait accompli, the chance of any winemaker being able to pass this kind of cost on through the retail channels is very small. You all know what it's like trying to raise the cost, the, the price of wine. Uh, so it's a cost that we believe we'll have to wear. The second big issue, and I'm really frustrated about this, is that the EPA has failed to consider other options for improving recycling rates. The discussion paper dismisses the Victorian government's fourth bin for glass, despite saying it would likely create the most economic activity. And it doesn't look at any of those examples around the world of schemes that truly seek to share the costs and benefits right across the supply chain. And that's one of the big things that I keep adding is that if we're gonna bring in these schemes, and I believe that we should look at all schemes to improve recycling and reuse and minimise waste, that we need to make sure it's shared between the producers, between the distributors, between the marketers, between the the retailers, and between consumers.
0: Yeah, look, and that's something that I I share, Tony, in in terms of that frustration. Um, It's particularly disappointing that I think in the EPA's proposal, um, it sort of has has almost its entire focus on recovery, but it doesn't sort of take that next step into looking at really driving uh, recycling rates. And indeed, in the paper itself, it sort of talks about that... um, a a projection that, you know, including uh, the currently excluded glass uh, beverage containers. So effectively it's wine and spirit bottles. It's only expected to increase the return rate itself from 77% to 78% per year, which is a pretty minuscule amount um, considering that cost that we talked about earlier. So I think there'd be a lot of winemakers out there who'd be, uh, who'd be scratching their heads at this wondering, you know, what's the point if we're going to impose all these costs on, on producers for such a small, Uh, small return. But this this is something that we'll continue to work on. Um, We're pretty concerned that, you know, if South Australia continues with this process, it's going to flow on to every other state in Australia as well. Tony, I know that's something that you're you're pretty concerned about. Yeah, that's right,
1: Lee. Um, We're really concerned about that. Uh, We know that as an industry, we've got work to do to continuously improve recycling rates. We know we have to reduce our waste stream. But a system like this, the CDS scheme, it's enormously costly and quite frankly, is a substandard model for driving better recycling rates. Uh, In our perspective, it's completely undesirable and couldn't come at a worse time for the sector when we're already suffering in what's likely to be a very difficult few years following the loss of the China market, uh, a a big vintage last year, and all the freight problems that our industry is suffering at the moment. So we'll continue to work on all this. Uh, We need to make sure that when we get this, we get it right. Uh, CDS scheme works really well to reduce litter. It's been very effective for other products. But just expanding it to wine, it's not going to solve any problems, and I'm just worried about the cost.
0: Indeed. All right, well, with that, we'll move on to our next topic, Tony, um, competition issues in the sector and the ACCC. We know that a couple of years ago now the ACCC released its Wine Grapes Market Study, um, and in that study there are a number of recommendations Uh, which were designed to uh, address issues around market transparency, perceived sort of market um, power imbalances, market information and all that sort of thing. There were a number of different elements to it. Um, We know that the ACCC is is now at the the stage where it's sort of looking at how the industry itself has gone about implementing some of those recommendations or not implementing some of those recommendations in some cases. Um, It strikes me that this comes as a really critical time for the sector. and You've just mentioned China, Uh, um, you have just mentioned that record-breaking vintage as well. And I'd add also to that, you know, with all the rain that we've had recently uh, here in the Eastern States and South Australia in particular, you know, I think there's likely to be some pretty significant uh, disease pressure around if this rain continues. So, Given all that, and given the ACCC is going to be you know, watching this sector like a hawk over the next little while, what are some of the things that growers and winemakers need to be doing ahead of the 2022 vintage to sort of just make sure that they are doing everything right in the, uh, in the eyes of the ACCC?
1: Yeah, thanks, Lee. And I uh, was the phone to ACCC this morning, and that report is expected to come out next week. Uh, and one of the main drivers of the report will then be talking to our code committee a little bit later in the week about that. Um, the, the simple things about this year, and indeed about any year, are for growers and winemakers to communicate early and often. It's um, sure you have a contract. Um, people who haven't got a contract don't really have any comeback. And it, it's so important. It seems so simple. But there are still growers out there who don't have a contract with winemakers. Uh, for all winemakers out there, you need to sign on to the code. You need to show your commitment. Uh, you need to be in a position to demonstrate to to growers that you're going to work with them through these tough it, It's really important for that. Uh, you mentioned the ACCC. The ACCC are watching very carefully the industry this year. They know the problems we're under from the, the supply issues, uh, from the demand reduction due to China, and they're looking to see what's happening. So they're making very sure that they don't see anything that could be possibly construed as a... Um, Problems with contracts and unfair contract terms. So please, on both side, all sides of the supply chain, get in there early, talk to people. Um, we we all need each other in the long run. So you know we can't afford not to treat growers and winemakers with respect. So um, as I say, talk early, talk often, and I hope everyone does have a good vintage, and I hope and we'll, we'll get through it.
0: He I think that's that's. Uh... A very good note to end it on. But perhaps before we end, we'll go to our next next segment. It's the way we always like to finish these Studio Canberra podcasts, uh, having a little quick chat about what's going to be in our glass over the next little while. Tony, I'm already thinking about Christmas, and I'm already thinking about Christmas lunch. Um, Very fortunate to have been gifted a uh, lovely bottle of Orlando Adelaide Hills Chardonnay. The other day, I haven't had this one before, but I love Adelaide Hills Chardonnay in general. So I'm really looking forward to having a bit of that, hopefully with a nice bit of seafood on a warm Christmas day. What about you? Sounds an excellent idea, Lee. So I was
1: looking through my cellar last night and I discovered hidden away under some dusty old bottles, a bottle of a Henschke Tempanino. Um it's, it's only a few years old now, but it's looking like it'll be very nice drinking and I've, I've never had it. I don't even remember why it's in the cellar, but that's what I'm going to be cracking open uh, probably tonight.
0: Well, that sounds pretty good. Well, everyone out there, whatever you're drinking this weekend or tonight or whenever it may be, make sure that you do it in moderation and enjoy it with your family and friends, with food and, uh, and all that sort of good stuff. So on that note, we'll, uh, we'll say goodbye. Tony, thanks very much for your time.
1: Uh, Thanks very much, Lee. And thanks, listeners, because that could be one of the most boring podcasts ever to listen to a whole lot of guys talking about the Code of Conduct, the ACCC and CDS. But i tell you what, they're really important issues and they really do impact on the bottom line. So thank you very
0: much and I hope Vintage is great. Cheers.